Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, the weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock. Like, you get the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurks that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 97, season 5, episode 17, entitled Queen of Jordan, originally airing March 17th, 2011. Jesus Christ, nine years old. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. This week on Queen of Jordan, Angie's preparing for the launch party for her new single, My Single is Dropping, because it's about to drop. (laughs) Meanwhile, when Randy learns that a famous teacher who had an affair with her student is Frank, a writer at The Girly Show, she does her best to get them to reunite all these years later. Elsewhere in 30 Rock, Portia notices Jenna Maroney, an actress on TGS's drinking problem, and with the help of Pete, a producer on the show, launches an intervention to get her the help she needs. And finally, after DeFuan learns that Jack Donaghy, a Cable Town executive, might be playing for the same team, he launches his best romantic attack. That's good. Good job. Yeah. Uh, no, so yeah, obviously, if you're... Uh, unfamiliar with this particular episode of 30 Rock, it sort of completely throws the conventions out the window of a 30 Rock episode. There is no 30 Rock setup. There's no 30 Rock story building. It's it's all taking place in the universe of the Queen of Jordan reality show, which does take place in the 30 Rock world, but the episode is presented as an ep- as an episode of Queen of Jordan. It is not a 30 Rock episode. Um, so th- there's there's a lot, I think, that we're going to talk about in this one. Um, this is an episode that, for me personally, is all-time one of my all-time favorites. Like, it's just one, breaking the conventions of any traditional sitcom setup is always, I'm always a fan of that. Because especially five seasons in, you sort of start seeing the tropes. You start seeing, you know, all of the dots that are going to be connected. So when you throw all those out the window and you do something off the wall and unexpected, even if it necessarily doesn't always land, I'm a big fan of it. But this landed. This landed really well. Um, and it just, I loved it. I, 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 I think I'd mentioned it previously in another episode, like building up to this, that literally after I watched this episode, I went back, I went back and immediately rewatched it. Like the first time I saw it. So I was like, what did I just watch? It was amazing. I want to watch it again. So I just... I devoured it so much. There's just so many good things in here that I, I feel like I'm going to ramble. So I'm going to st- I'm going to stop myself and then um, you give your viewpoints. Your yeah, no, I totally agree. It's a it's an incredibly strong episode. And like, I feel like if I were more literate in Real Housewives, like I would appreciate even more because there are a couple references I do get that, but. Those are things that, like, because they, I guess, were moments that were, like, so popular, they transcended, like, to becoming pop culture moments. So I would recognize the references. It's like, I wonder how many other things that were, like, nods and winks that just I didn't, that I didn't get, but people who, like, watch those shows, like, would definitely understand. I mean, in terms of, like, camera style and things like that, like, I, I definitely could, could see the references in that way and kind of how, I don't know, how things were framed. Because, like, it, it's it's not filmed in a typical 30 Rock style. Like, it's filmed in a steady real housewife style. Right, so it's steady yeah. cam and it's, like, kind of the angles are shifted to make it look more like, you know, it's real people interacting right. or whatever. Like, an, so. like a, a, a POV shot rather than yeah. just a setup. So they go all in and, and acting as if it is 
purely an episode. I mean, all, all the bumpers when they come back from breaks are, you know, the Queen of Jordan, yeah. like, cash shot. Yeah, there's no so 30 Rock yeah. opening. Like, this is, this is I think, one of the few episodes where there's actually no 30 Rock opening. There's, there's, there's so many small bits in here where all of the little banners that pop up, the Chirons that are like, you know, who so-and-so is, like, are, are great. They're, they're fantastic visual jokes. But then also, like, if you're watching when, as the episode is opening all of the also starring and, and guest starring, like it's the actual actors' names rather than the character names. Like it doesn't say, uh, you know, Liz Lemon, it says Tina Fey. And I think from what I can tell, that was a union rule, like, cause they had to showcase, you know, people's actual names. Um, so, but it's, it's just a funny little touch like that. Cause it's it's treating the world, like, I don't know, like it's, it's, it's treating the Queen of Jordan as the real world, not the 30 Rock world. Like it's just, the production on this episode is fantastic. There's just so many great bits about it, but yeah, the especially the the visual shot, like how they how they filmed everything, is such a nice nice touch. Um, but I'm with you. Like I definitely, I mean, I, we've talked a lot about how I don't really care for reality. So trying to watch something like a Real Housewives of any city is just mm, not for well, me. Or so, Salt, Salt Lake City just started it. apparently. So seriously, yeah. Who the fuck cares about Utah? Like, literally, Salt Lake City is, like, one mirage in a desert of nothing. It's a mirage. It doesn't doesn't actually exist. It doesn't. Have you been there? Have you seen it? I have it. It's true. I I, I can't personally attest to Salt Lake City existing. Man, Salt Lake City is so fucking humid. Like, I I spent, like, a couple of days there many years ago, and it's just, like, ugh. Everything felt like it was just just pressure hitting you. (laughs) It's awful. Anyway, I the only thing I would say against this episode, if I had to give one, was I just think it was a little bit too busy. Like, I think the Frank and Miss Ankman storyline could have been a better episode if it was stretched out into another episode. Uh, not continued or anything, but if it, were, if it had more time to breathe in another episode rather than being pushed in with the Queen of Jordan, uh, Defuan and Jack, um, Jenna's, you know, uh, whole intervention slash just wanting to like get on camera, camera, like it just felt like it, it was just a little bit too busy. But I, at the same time, I felt like they did give each storyline enough attention that nothing felt way like nothing didn't get enough time. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of storylines because like it was like actual 30 rock characters had like their arcs for the episode but also all the queen of jordan characters had their arcs for the episode so it was basically twice the number of plots as usual and i guess like each each queen of jordan character likes plot intersected with a 30 rock excuse me with a 30 rock character but like they each i don't know they each also had their own motivation so it's mm-hmm. kind of like a double stuff episode i honestly could have done without the frank teacher really? storyline because it's just I, I mean they, they even handle it because pete says like it's okay because it's a it's a you know female teacher and a male student right. it wouldn't be okay so they kind of handle it but still it's just like it's just kind of yeah but yeah but uh, it gave it an excuse to have susan sarandon guest star yes yeah. which, which i could done without her too but well, what you got against susan sarandon? no i just i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well i know she's not a big fan or she doesn't have a lot of fans with like um some Democrats really well, don't care it's for because her. I mean, for years it, she was just like right being like very left wing. Like I think it was kind of she was very like pro Bernie, but 
kind of flipped to being like Trump is, you know, a much better option than if we can't have Bernie. So it's, I don't know, just the sort of the sort of actions of a of a rich celebrity who's going to be fine no matter what happens. Right. So they, you know, they can have maybe some viewpoints that are maybe for the best you know maybe would be good policies for people but obviously are out of touch enough where you know they can afford to do anyway yeah either 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 outcome is okay for them so yeah um man uh there's a lot in here so do we just want to hop in or any other thoughts before we let's start hop in all right so uh, again, untraditional, non-traditional, untraditional should be a word, but if it's not non-traditional uh, opening for a 30 Rock episode, because we're not watching a 30 Rock episode, we're watching Queen of Jordan. Um, but as such, it's presented like most reality shows where it does a previously on, and then uh, they sort of give us a setup um, of what to expect in this episode. So here we go with Queen of Jordan. Previously on Queen of Jordan. Don't tell me I can't sing. I know what you said about me. Please, I don't even think about you. You're nothing. I know the photo shoot for Randy's dog's funeral is the wrong place to tell you this, but uh, I'm going to Africa. It's my way till payday. Uh, again, this is all a pre-existing world that we're just like this i love the fact that they do it that way that it's not the pilot of queen of jordan like they're thrusting us into a world that is already existing and we just have to sort of fill in the fill in the blanks kind of to to understand everything but like they do such a good job of like yeah that's just a joke you don't have to worry about that it's not it's not vital to any information that you need or anything it's just a throwaway joke or something like that but like the whole thing with randy and defuan of (laughs) I didn't say that about you. I don't even think about you. Like, it just shows, like, they have a camaraderie, but it's also... Or anti-camaraderie. Yeah, like, they're not friendly, but they continue to hang out because, obviously, they need each other for the show and things like that. Like, they have to go do dog funeral photo shoots together, too. Yeah, I mean, just the... And, like, that sounds so absurd, but I guarantee that happens. I was going to say... In rich communities, I guarantee that happens, and it's just... I wonder if dog funerals are referenced to some Real Housewives plotline that... uh, Probably. I mean, well, this is the sort of thing where even if it isn't, it's, like, ridiculous enough that it sounds like it could have been, which is good enough. Yeah, which is insane. Like, it's just... God, rich people just... Ugh. It's exhausting. I don't get it. Um, So that's that's us uh, getting into the world of Queen of Jordan. Um... And so the rest of the episode is just going to be... Okay, so I googled Real Housewives dog funeral, and apparently that was a real thing on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh so there we go. Why? I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to be sick. Oh, I'm, wait a second. No, this was in 2014. So, oh, so Queen of Jordan predicted. Life imitated art in that case. Okay. Um, Maybe something happened before that, before this aired. Then. Yeah. That or may, or maybe they're just like like us, or they're just, they would be. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that a bunch of rich people would just have a dog funeral. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure plenty of people have have funerals for their pets. but a photo photo shoot. I say for not. A dog yeah, not one with a big publicity push no, necessarily. Why no. they? Juan, glue in the business weave. I have an important meeting with Jack Donaghy from NBC today. Defuan forgot his catchphrase. 
Since Tracy is off helping people in Africa, I finally have a chance to focus on me. That is why I'm launching my music career. It has been my dream to be a singer ever since I was a little drunk the other day and rented out a recording space. Oh, Angie, thank you for coming in. NBC could not be happier about Queen of Jordan. For the first time in six months, we beat all the music choice channels, except, of course, uh, Latin beats. Well, Angie's thinking of the next move now. As you know, my single, my single is dropping, is dropping. What's happening? My single is called My Single is Dropping, and it's dropping. Angie, my single is dropping is the reason I wanted the three of us to meet. With Tracy gone, TGS will be airing another best of special. Actually, legal says we can't use the word best. Uh, either way, the studio is free, so I thought we would have your release party there. You would perform, and uh, Lemon here will help you put it together. What? No, I thought we were here to talk about getting Tracy back from Africa. Look, I love Tracy, but he is work. Angie, look what the barrister did to me. Do you know how much of my time he wastes? Let's role play. Tracy, we're going to be late. Our boat exploded. With Tracy away, it's time to let Angie be the star. I hope Tracy doesn't come home for months. Months? No, we can't make it that long without Tracy. You can't do this. Are you giving me orders? Am I the waiter? Is this the restaurant that I'm opening up with Dennis Rotman and Webster? No, I just thought you would be on my side. Yes, we can. Obama 08, remember? Well, from what we know of Angie and Tracy, they would have voted to be Senate, so I don't think they would have voted in Obama. Anyway. Just a small little remark. Well, you know, there. we know how Liz thinks, so... That's true. She probably didn't even vote Obama either. <laughs> and she's just casually racist, as we'll yeah, see more yeah. examples of throughout Definitely, the episode. Definitely yeah, showcase that in this episode. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, 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 this is the first time we've actually seen Tracy in a couple episodes. Um, and they're, they're small little bits, but um, again, just throwing in these, like, clip shows that, like, or clips that you know exist in the world of 30 rock and queen of jordan that imply that you've seen these things before but they're all new to the viewer but at the same time it's just classic tracy like his head being stuck at a banister and like him coming in with just the ship's wheel saying our boat exploded like just it sounds like something you would literally hear him in like a one-liner say like oh i'd love to go but my boat exploded and things like that like it just you could see all of those things happening um, but they're, they're, they're just these flashbacks or cutaways of presenting this more realistic world. Like, it's just so well done. Yeah. Um, there's also, well, there's a couple really clever jokes. The first, I love, of course, the, the NBC is struggling joke reference that mm -hmm. now thanks to Queen of Jordan, they're beating almost all of the music choice channels, yeah. except, of course, Latin beats. And then also... As the cutter flashing across the screen, there's like directors, etc. The written by is in quotation marks, which is right. a nod to, again, well, obviously reality TV and yeah. Um, I mean, well, it's a double joke because I guess obviously this episode was obviously like completely scripted because it's fictional, but yeah. also there's the whole like you know people debate how much you can call a quote unquote unscripted so scripted because obviously often storylines are outlined or edited mm -hmm. together even if they're not necessarily directly scripted. So right. it kind of works. I don't know. So, so having like written quotations like kind of works like both ways. Yeah. And just in terms of that, it's like an, you know, a different episode of the show, of this <laughs> show, 30 Rock, but also like reality shows in general or quote unquote written by yeah. whoever. Right. Like, yeah, there's a skeleton or there's like an outline of something to yeah. follow. Um, but there's a, there's a few, again, I, I think I mentioned this, but there's like visual jokes all throughout whenever they're introducing a character for the first time. They just have like little, 
you know their name and like what their title is so like for jack it's nbc executive and jack and tracy's boss and then for liz it's just liz comma another person like she doesn't even get a title outside of just she's just another person it's so ah it's so great <laughs> and i guess cheyenne jackson couldn't tear himself away from tasting pancakes to I show guess, up in this episode yeah man just they so many bodies in this episode and they couldn't have Cheyenne Jackson on for like one yeah. scene well it's just funny that they keep persisting with the, if the Tracy doesn't come back like our show's ruined but like they never make any reference and even later in the episode there's a thing where Pete says something about if, if both Jenna and Tracy can't take part in the show like they can make an insurance claim so it's like just Danny well Danny hasn't probably been there enough to be part of the insurance I don't know like uh, anyway so there's a there's we're gonna have to. I'm gonna. I, basically, I'm gonna play this full episode, but we can't for a lot of reasons. But uh, there's a, a through line with Jack's storyline where he just keeps making like small little mistakes and stumbles. Uh, like for, in that scene at the end, he trips and he just falls. And of course, he knows how the game is played, so he he's like, "You can't show that footage of me." But it's reality. They're gonna do whatever they want, and so they sort of paint him as this you know, clumsy goof. Gay buffoon. Eventually it becomes he's a gay buffoon, a gay stumbling buffoon and things like that. Like, uh, there's just, it's a fun little through line of the way just how you could be interpreted if someone else has the way to edit sort of how you, how you appear, how they can completely change your perception just by saying something no, you know, that is completely honest, but just interpretation can be skewed so easily. Uh, but in the writer's room, Queen of Jordan rolls on with Randy. Angie's single release party is tomorrow night. It seems like the perfect place for me to reveal my shocking secret past. No, we're not writing a tearful admission about you being a call girl in Delaware. Write it yourself. For your information, I am a Christian illiterate. So that's not an option. You know what? I'm not getting sucked into your crazy reality show nonsense. Liz. I'm so mad at you for that thing you did. Am I trying to instigate fights by throwing wine at people just to get on camera? And maybe also promote my new lifestyle website, genocide.com? Of course not. I mean, is wine throwing something that even gets you on a reality show? God, Jenna, I told you not to buy that domain name. Say it out loud. Genocide. Genocide. I'm not hearing it, Liz. So there's a lot going on in that scene. Yep. So Jenna is introduced as a former child, former child star. <laughs> that is her. That is her. Uh, yeah. What do you call it? Chiron. Yeah. Labor. Chiron. Yeah. Introduction line. And in a definite Real Housewives version, she's wearing a very Real housewives dress while holding her glass of wine. <laughs> she proceeds to throw into the air yeah she's aiming for liz but liz either has already tr- like she's already tried it too many times on liz and liz is just smart enough to move out of the way or she telegraphs it so easily that Liz is like no like not at all and just easily dodges it um but yeah it's just <sighs> genocide is so funny it's such a funny joke and the fact that she doesn't get it and i hate this like the only scene in it like it doesn't it, it stops after this like it just doesn't, doesn't really need to i mean i know but like she could still keep like wearing the hat or the the shirt or something like when they do the yeah. the talking head bits and things yeah. that's but, true but i mean she's pretty much wearing her real housewives 
style dresses throughout the episode. That's true. So. Um, she she knows how the game works. Yeah, she knows how the games to play either. Um, also, so it's so fun. Uh, but I, there's a there's a fun little like I actually I honestly didn't even notice it until this watch through. But you remember last week when Tufers, you know, doing his bad boy shtick and he sprays graffiti on the door. Mm-hmm. Pay attention in the next scene because there's some continuity that rarely seen on 30 rock hey guess who's getting out of jail i don't know but i hope they didn't collect 200 dollars. lynn unkman remember her oh sure that hot teacher from queens who had an affair with her student oh my god check out this picture frank is that you you never said you were in lynn unkman's class sure i did what do you know the kid she had an affair with no yes i don't know Shut up. It was you. I don't want to talk about it. Well done, sir. Guys, a teacher preying on a student is wrong. Yeah. If the teacher is male and the student is female, what happened to Frank is awesome. Standing ovation. You don't understand. It was love. We were in love. Did you catch it? I did. Yay. But I couldn't make it out. I mean, all, so, I think I think what he wrote is just like either Italian or I don't know. It just says graffito, and I'm assuming uh, it's, well, it's two for small graffito. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you you've kind of already touched on it that the fact that they make the joke that the fact that it's a woman teacher uh, sexually assaulting a fail a, a male student that they sort of gloss over it and they're just like, no, it's actually really cool because we all wanted that to happen while we were in school. Um, which even by this time in 30 Rock, uh, joke standard um, has kind of already been done to death. I think of the shows that I've seen that sort of make it, made fun of it or mocked it, I think South Park kind of hit it to the, hit it to where a level that no one else can really match it. But their storyline was uh, the kindergarten teacher that's a relationship with a kindergartner. Ugh. So it's just like, but I mean, in the in the South Park world, the kindergartners are so cute because they're they're just not cute in that way. But uh, yes, I know what you mean. As in, like, they're just they're like small little bodies, yes. and they, but they still have like the big heads, and it's just like it's so funny seeing an adult in their world and a kindergartner in their world and imagining them in some sort of relationship like that. It's so silly. Um, but it's just, and and the and and it, it, for me it's even funnier because the the kid she's having the relationship with in South Park is uh, the adopted brother of one of the main characters. Annie's Canadian, and in the world of South Park, when you're Canadian, you have like flapping heads. You don't have a traditional American head. That's how you tell what a Canadian is in, in the world of South Park. Plus, he doesn't speak as well as the other kids. Not that he's he's actually really smart, but like how they voice this particular character named Ike is they actually just have like a little toddler come in and just speak into the microphone. And then they just sync up whatever that toddler says to the character. Like they might have him if he actually needs to say an important plot line, but usually it's just gibberish. It's like, I died, did the bear. (laughs) And it's just like, that's that's what all that character says. So it's like an extra level of comedy to me that like he does, like he knows what he's doing. But he doesn't have like a really good way of expressing it because like his his brother is trying to tell his mom that the teacher's in a relationship with him, and he keeps interrupting. He's like, "I'm Spider Man!" Like, 
And the mom, because it's a kid, is like, yes, you're Spider-Man. It's just going along with it. But it's just, it's actually super cute. But it's creepy, the actual storyline. And um, when the older brother is trying to tell the police that this is happening, it's the same same sort of joke here. They're all like, Whoa, who is the teacher? And what uh, what female student did he did he do this with? And he's like, no, it was actually, you know, the kindergartner teacher, whatever her name, Miss Allison or something. And they're like, oh, there's a lady? Nice. Like, they just keep rewarding it. They're not actually going to do anything about it. So it's just, ah, the devil's yeah, that's how terrible. society it's, it. it's awful. It shouldn't be acceptable that way. But also, there's one other visual joke in there. In the old school picture, Frank is wearing a hat that mm-hmm. says, my first hat yeah, on it. It's a fun little joke. So while Angie's getting ready for her single is dropping, uh, launch party, uh, Liz and Jack sort of... You mean for for her my single is my dropping. single is dropping is dropping um, <laughs> launch party. Uh, Liz and Jack reveal their true intentions with uh, having the event at the Thirty Rock space. I need to look good for my party, and I refuse to wear anything in my size or appropriate for my age. Lemon, a word. This morning, I did not trip. <laughs> what? Yeah, you did. You know how the media are. They wait for a mistake, and that's all you are. It happened to Hitler. No one ever talks about his paintings. God, Jack, calm down. They're not going to use you tripping on the show. I am not going to be portrayed as some buffoon. I am graceful. I was an athlete at Princeton. What about our real problem? We need Tracy back, but all Angie cares about her own dumb projects. Devon told me she's the new spokeswoman for the Ham Council. People do like the way she says Ham. Ham! Look. Lemon, I want Tracy back, too. Why do you think I suggested you oversee her performance tomorrow? Because you're a hip and know a lot about music. I like bands like Amy Grant. No, so you'd have a reason to spend time with Angie, manipulate her, play her like the late course at the Olympic Club. A notoriously easy golf course force her to call Tracy. I knew you'd have my back. Speaking of which, your shirt is tucked into your underwear. Wow. If only Tracy were here, he'd be like, damn woman, I want to make love to your neck. Don't do impressions of other races. Roger that, Angie. Ham! Hi. That's iconic. I mean, really, like, that runs through my head once a day. (laughs) I just can't help it. It's just so funny because it's so stupid. Like, why would that be a catchphrase? Why would that ever want to be your catchphrase? But Well, it's not your catchphrase is that she's she's just the spokesperson for the ham council. Well, but then that's when it becomes a catchphrase, is when they're using it in ads, that's a catchphrase. Ham! Ham! Ah, She does does say it really good, so... Yeah. Also, another reality show reference is the flashback to Jack falling down is... In black and white and, and in slow motion. motion with like silly sound effects. Yeah. So making him also on brand for a lot of those, I guess. Yeah. Actual callbacks and reality shows when they're trying to like make fun of someone or or, or dramatize yeah, it. Yeah. Or yeah. dramatize it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, they also do the very reality show thing of two people in are like 
I mean, it's also a sitcom trope, but they enter the they're in the same room, but they're whispering yeah. to they're, each other. Right, they're hiding somewhere and whispering. Yeah. And then they even like subtitle it so you can hear what they're saying, which is a very reality show thing to do. Um, but a, but Angie stays oblivious to it, even though they're five feet away, so she could probably still. She's hear getting ready. She has to find her. That's her true. her her outfit. Ill sized, age appropriate outfit. <laughs> <laughs> But while Defuan is setting up the my single is dropping is dropping party, um, Frank gets a visitor in the writer's room, played by Susan Sarandon. Excuse me. Um, I'm looking for Francis Rossitano. Oh, snap! That's Lynn Oakman. Portia reads the papers. Mrs. Oakman? Frank R. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, are you back on meth? Mm. No, you got some? Speak fast! <laughs> Nicecatch.com. I'm sick of being disrespected by that man. Sick of it. Yeah, that was an athlete. Very graceful. Sports stories? I got some. Uh, I'm meeting my friend Greg for lunch. Again? When I was at Princeton, I played baseball and football. And back then, football players went both ways. Really? So you went both ways? Yeah, we all did. It was the 70s. So when you played baseball, were you ever on the DL? Yeah, I was on the DL most of my junior year. Mm. DL can mean disabled list, but it can also mean down low or secretly gay. Which one was Jack talking about? When we were on the DL, we spent most of our time in the Whirlpool, getting rubbed down. You were a switch hitter? Switch hitter, pitcher, catcher, whatever the boys needed. I think I made my point. Poor <laughs> oblivious Jack. Uh, Meanwhile, I don't know if you caught the Chirons on that screen, yeah. but Grizz was, or excuse me, .com was introduced as Grizz's best friend, but Grizz was Greg's best friend. <laughs> Who we've never seen I don't, we never actually yes, see. I don't remember believe. Greg. Yeah, I think he's mentioned him a couple of times, but I don't think we actually see him in the series. So it's a fun little through line. Yeah. Also, the inciting character from Queen of Jordan that scene is Michael. Who, who, who is that? He is the, I think he's Angie's nephew. Okay. Because I think uh, when they were pitching the idea, she was like my meth addicted nephew. Ah. Um, So that's like his only scene. Yeah. uh, In this episode. Yeah. but it's it's kind of a weird use of the character, um, but I do like the fact that you know they set up that dot uh, coms like officially over being um, insulted by Jack or talked down to from Jack. So like now he has his opportunity, but it, it's presented in a way that it's happened multiple times in the course at least of Queen of Jordan. So like this is his moment to strike back, and he does such a good job of just like leading him and saying, "DL." Which I definitely like have heard of like the DL, but I think it's more prominent in the African American community than it is in, yeah. in most other gay communities. The, I guess there was a kind of infamous Oprah episode. Uh, I don't know if it was the '90s or early 2000s. Or, I'm not sure exactly when it was, but basically, the the it was one of those like the the, the point of the episode was basically I, I think people learning that their husbands mm-hmm. or partners or whoever were on the DL and like it mm-hmm. caused some sort of like I I, I, I mean 
Oh, I think about it for me because, like, I, I like, like, obviously, like, that didn't cause homophobia, but like, it just caused, like, I think, I, from my understanding of it, like, a kind of like, like awakening, a, a minor, just like a minor cultural panic of like mm-hmm. people like wondering if they're about their spouses and just right, yeah. So, I mean, not that I mean, obviously, the what homophobia in for any any race or any community has existed for a long time, but I just remember like that episode is kind of infamous for kind of kicking up. Like a lot of alarmism and mm. just stuff. So yeah, it from when I learned about it, it gave a new meaning to the R. Kelly song, "The Down Low," because <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute!" And then I, I would like listen to that song again, or and, or or, uh, or watch the video or whatever. I'm like, it's it's the different meaning of "down low" is where you're just keeping it a secret, but you know, it's nothing sexual, or rather, it's not sexuality related. It's more like you just got a partner on the side. Yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's it's way more prominent in the African American community. Well, I mean specifically, I think that branded concept. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you go back and read, I mean, things like Tales of the City and old, you know, gay and gay adjacent literature and movies from. I mean, there's plenty of examples of like you know basically successful white men who are like essentially on the down low, you know, going to right. bathhouses and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean. Maybe like specifically the term down low is more associated with African Americans, but I mean the con obviously I mean no, the concept yeah, no, in general no, is no like, the concept is yeah. applicable to all, but I feel like I hear it more out of the African Yeah, I mean specifically that term I think so, yeah. 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 Nothing to be ashamed about. Well, I mean if you're cheating on people it's uh, the, That's it's, true. It's, 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 That's not, a different the, thing. Not the most ethically uh sound thing to right. do. So while um, Jenna's still trying her best to get on camera by starting a fight, Portia realizes that she probably has an alcoholic problem and decides to stage an intervention for her. And so now Jenna has another reason to get on camera. Uh, So she's going to commit to an intervention so uh, she can get the attention that she desperately wants. Oh, did we, did we say earlier Jenna, Jenna was introduced as former child star? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. We, we covered that. Good job. Remember. Well, okay. I was trying to think because I, I was trying to think because Pete was introduced as powerless ball. We didn't say that, but I mean, we, don't have to, we don't have to say everything. Yeah, you're right. So the, 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 this powerless yeah. ball. So, 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 so then I was thinking, wait a second, did we talk about Jenna too? It doesn't matter. I just wanted to make sure before because yeah. anyway. um, But meanwhile, Liz is doing her best to manipulate uh, Angie to get Tracy to come back. And uh, this is... The furthest that we've actually seen into Angie and Tracy's past as we see their wedding video. I'm sorry. You want me to perform in this? Yeah. You're Amy Grant from the Baby Baby video. The one where the man likes her at the carnival? That's some white nonsense. Too bad Tracy's not here to take your side. He'd be like, damn you, Liz Lemon. We discussed this, Elizabeth. Yes. Ah. Anyway, I've got the auditions for your backup dancers. Good, because I'm looking for dancers who can dance for 15 seconds, because that's how long my song is. What? That's my wedding video. Oh, no. I must have mixed up the DVD discs. Ah, well, we'll just have to watch it anyway and see what feelings arise. Angie, just stop! Are you wearing handcuffs, Tracy? You know my friend Cheese going with us on a honeymoon? Okay, I should have watched that first. Do you see how exhausting that man can be? Yes, he has his flaws, but I know you two love each other. Yeah, and with him gone, our relationship has never been better. So he can stay in Africa for as long as he wants. I'm on Angie time now. Uh, we have been cutting a lot out of this episode, and I feel like there's still so much more that we need to cut. But I feel like this particular scene is important because it's 
the most character development we will ever get for Frank in terms of kind of why he is the way that he is. Um, again, it's... We get um, a little bit of that in the episode where he... he uh, when he wants to go be a lawyer. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, no, but I feel like... Yeah, and that, that's a huge amount, but I feel like this is the reason why he's, you know, seemingly... Would it be Arrested Development? Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that too, yeah. Um, like, that explains why he's, you know, still into, like, what would mostly be considered childlike uh, interests in, like, That's actually very dark. But again, the reason why he's like that, it also yeah. is, is super dark. So uh, we will play this scene. Um, it's also the most, I think, we have of Susan Sarandon. She's in another scene later, but I think this is like... I don't know, I just feel like it's such an important yeah. moment for that character because I don't think he ever gets to that level again yeah. going also, forward. Also, quickly, going back to the last scene, if Angie's song is 15 seconds long, <laughs> that's like my single is dropping. That's like you say that a couple of times and that's, that's the whole song. I mean, that's... You would be up you say I mean, like three or four times, that's 15 seconds. Yeah, that's definitely... Um, I don't have a good reference point, but it's definitely something that one of those Real Housewives have done. Is oh, absolutely! I mean, they has they're, just rented out a recording studio yeah. and made a single. I, I think the most famous one is "Don't Be Tardy for the Party," which was Kim Kim Zolciak, if I remember. If that's nice. that's her name, yeah. I, I think it's been a while since, but definitely around this time at the beginning of the decade was when like Real Housewives like recording like basically stunt singles was definitely a thing. Yikes! And there mm-hmm. was oh, there was another one, Countess Luann. It was like it was something about like she couldn't really sing, so it, it, so it's kind of like on Drag Race when like someone can't sing, so they kind of do a rap. But like usually, most of them can like pull off an okay spoken rap. Hers was like money can't buy you class. Like I mean, auto tuned a little bit, so it didn't sound like that flat and bad. But that was essentially the because I think Countess like her, her thing is that you know she's rich or whatever. Right. But oh, yeah. so you know Yikes. anyway. That's. I guess I, I guess I know a little bit more about Real Housewives than I thought. I yeah, did. but I think you probably know it just from like memes and out of context. Yeah, from pop like, culture in general. Definitely yeah. never watched it. Yeah, no, I mean, just right, just stuff that has I guess become famous. Like yeah, beyond. yeah. Frank and Lynn's story really moved me, so I let them have their reunion date at this trip aerobic studio I bought with the money I got after that cop shot me. What else did you miss in prison? Oh. They kept remaking the Hulk, and it kept getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> Could we talk about something other than comic book movies? Sure. Yeah. I thought about you a lot when I was away. And I still remember the, the moment when we fell in love. You were administering a scoliosis test to the class, and you lingered on my spine. <laughs> Frank, why did you bring me here and... Who's that woman? A friend. Continue. I'm sorry, but I couldn't bring you to my place. My mom's there, and she still wants you to rot in hell. You live with your mother? Yeah. Otherwise, who would wake me up for work? What's wrong? Frank, the boy I fell in love with was the most amazing eighth grader that I've ever met. And I couldn't wait to meet the man that that boy became. But you haven't grown. You're still talking about superheroes and video games and why Seth Logan shouldn't have played the green something. Hornet. Yeah, and it's Rogan. It's like you're stuck. Oh, I wonder why I'm stuck. 
What could have happened to me when I was 14 to make me never want to grow up? Inside voice, Frank, and I refuse to take the blame for that. I, 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 I lost everything to be with you. Well, this is who I am. If you don't like it, then what's the point? Now, may I be dismissed? Miss Ankman is a bitch. She won't even apologize for what she's done. Like, she's like, you can't blame me for that. Yes, she can. You yeah. literally took advantage of him. I mean, from a higher view, like, there's a lot of cleverness in that scene where it's like, she keeps on, like, things like a teacher, or like, you know, he says, I might have missed her, right. used her inside voice. And also, just like, it's framed as a, I don't know, typical reality show argument, I guess. Like, yeah. the way he's being, like, Frank's being, like, a little bit dramatic and. Raising his, like, pitch at times or whatever. Like, it's very, like, the cadence of, like, a typical, I think, reality show, like, argument. Yeah. And then there's a... To sort of... I think they get a they do a good job of not playing music over it. Like, it, it makes it feel a little bit more emotional and real. Um, but then they um, they definitely undercut it by, in the background, Randy doing her stripper sizing, where at one moment she's just, like, hanging on by her legs, and then, like, another one she's clamoring to try and go upside down she's not doing like a very good job of it like and it's just it's so silly so it's sort of it takes some gas out of the like the emotional aspect of it by doing that way but i mean yeah like that's frank's should probably be in therapy i feel like if he's not already he should have he should seek some out yeah if you strip all the jokes away that's actually a very dark scene yeah like like especially his line of you know gee i wonder why what happened to me when i was 14 that never made me want to grow up it's because that was probably one of the happiest moments of his life and he's never been able to match it again so yeah it's yikes but that's definitely something that could be a reality TV show, like it's just season arc of something of yeah. a child coming or an adult coming to terms with something that happened to him while they were kids. Meanwhile, Gay Jack, as he's presented in this segment, uh, meets with Deflon, um, and Deflon feels like he's getting some vibes from Jack. I thought this was a meeting to discuss your spinoff. Where you do matchmaking for wealthy dogs. I lied. Devon thinks that maybe you're not being true to your you. I know what it's like to live a lie. I used to be in the military, but I was unfairly thrown out because I went berserk around all those dudes and tried to bang everybody. It has come to my attention that some of what I said yesterday may have been misconstrued. Going both ways in football means playing offense and defense. And there was nothing gay about the Princeton fight song. Oh, the merry men of Princeton are charging up the rear, holding all the balls. Okay, I hear it now. Regardless, I'm not gay or clumsy. So your little show has nothing with which to embarrass me. That was the chair. Here, I'll show you. It was the chair. So, unfortunately, there is no reality show about people trying to match up their dogs to other dogs. But <laughs> there is, there, or rather, there was a Bravo reality show called Millionaire Matchmaker, which, as oh, you can... I've heard of that one, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a lady that matches up rich people to other rich people. But it ran Sounds for, like a pretty good career. Ran for eight seasons, so yeah. it was some, I imagine, And it had success. multiple spinoffs, I, I, I I'm sure. Correctly. I'm sure it did. Anyway... Uh, but I like that Jack has finally caught on. Like he he realizes 
everything he's saying is just a bad double entendre that could be interpreted as being gay uh, or at least bisexual I guess um, but yeah we haven't talked enough about Titus Burgess That's but right. I feel like we talked about that a lot about him when he first appeared so this I feel like this isn't such a great use of him in this episode I feel like he was used so much better in the fewer scenes that he was in in that last episode he was in. Yeah. Like, this just seems like, I guess because he's just, there's so much going on, they couldn't use him as much as he really needed to be used. Yeah, it's like he mostly understood in this episode, which, usually, I mean, and maybe that's just we're used to seeing him being, like, very over the top in most of his roles. So it's he's it's being played as not as, just not as flamboyantly as I think typically yeah. we see him. Yeah, he's a little bit more reserved. Um, and this compared to, I guess, like Kimmy Schmidt, he's a little bit more yeah. flamboyant, you're right. Yeah. Nowadays, he's, I guess, hosting a Netflix singing competition show. Like, I, it was, it basically is like literally a singing competition, like, meets Weakest Link. So it's like they're, they're, like, the contestants, like, sing a song and it's like they're they get score on based off how like exactly they match like the correct pitch like it's like oh, that wow. it's like the karaoke thing we mm-hmm. do but it's like they get scored or whatever and there's like six people playing and then at the end of every round they vote someone off like it's the weakest link but it's like and honestly like i, I could only watch the first episode because I, I didn't really think it was very good uh-huh. but it would the, the structure is so weird because it was like they vote someone off like it's weakest link and then they titus goes around and asks them why they did it and like after the first round Everyone was who voted the the person like who got voted off first had one of the best scores, and when everyone like everyone had to give a reason, they all said, "I voted them off because they're a threat and they're a good singer." And it's like it, it it's it's like a flaw in the show. It's like in the actual weakest link, like it you want to at least hold on, like even if you're going to be strategic at the end and vote off the strongest performer, so you don't have to face them like at the end. Like you want to keep them around so they can build up the bank right. because I think part of the way the bank it, or the the scoring or money was built up is like by having higher scores. But it's like all these people were just like. I'm going to get rid of the threats from the beginning. So it was like, it just kind of like, it didn't, it didn't seem like it was thought out very well. So like, unless mm-hmm. you're like really super into seeing like people better than average singers, like singing karaoke, like it's like hard to, I don't know, I found it hard to get into, but mm-hmm. if you like people singing song, pop songs and whatever famous songs yeah. that you like, you would probably like it. But I feel like I that's know. definitely like not a rip off, but maybe a borrow idea. Cause there is a Japanese like talk show that does things like that where they have them, sing like karaoke songs of you know uh, you know j-pop or whatever uh, and it's they have like this and i don't know if this it sounds like the way you described it they do but on screen they have you know the audio bar showing like where they should be hitting mm-hmm. um and where where they are hitting um is it is that yeah it was, it was exactly that like so that, yeah. it sounds like they kind of definitely borrowed heavily from this particular japanese show um but i mean like the premise sounds really cool but no, that voting system sound sounds yeah, it's busted. it's like they didn't really think it out because it's like there's right there. I mean, I guess there was benefit to keeping stronger people around, but they but I mean everyone like there's it's not like I don't know it's not like a reality show where some singers are bad like and they're all the basically people, good and it's singers. the contestants that are voting mm-hmm. off, not judges. Yeah, see that's yeah. that's the problem is when you make it the people that are also competing well, I mean, are it the could judges. work. It could work. Cause, I mean, the weakest link works as a as a trivia game show, and I mean they you know they're voting each other off quickly, but it's just I don't know. And I guess, like, Tyus is being, like, I mean, is being, like, his... But it's, I don't know, it's just, like, his personality didn't, like, come through mm-hmm. in, like, the way... I don't know. Like, I just found it somewhat disappointing. But, is this a newer show? Yeah, it just came out. It oh. came out a couple months ago, I called? think. Sing On, I think. 
And like, there's a, I, I, I saw like there are a bunch of different versions from different countries. So I think mm-hmm. it's one of those things where they just did. It was popular in other countries. Yeah, and they just well, I think they just did a bunch of ones. They've done it with like nailed it and a couple other shows where it's like there's like a, the France version, the Mexico version, the Germany version, and they just kind of all launched them mm-hmm. within. But anyway. I was yeah, I was disappointed because it sounded like it could be a really fun premise, but they, I mean, may, you know, maybe it was just first episode like jitters and it it gets better. But to me, it was just like unless you like be sing good singers sing karaoke, are like, they at least talented? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, like that's that's the, that's the other thing. Like they're all pretty much good singers. So like it's also like I don't know. Like it's it's it seems like in a lot of reality shows, like I don't. There's a mix. Like weakest link. Like they're not all smart. Like some people right. are really dumb. So it's like. <laughs> It, it also like I can see where the incentive is to vote off like the strongest singer because you're still probably like, anyway we don't need to like, do a full review of singers yes, <laughs> maybe but... is what it's called um, okay well uh, that's that's a bummer that he's potentially attached to yeah. something that's kind of ho hum but I mean but... I'm sure it's that I'm sure it's like good Netflix money so I, I I don't know if it's been renewed or not but I mean hopefully hopefully he'll get to do more. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Other scripted work too. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's 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 comedically excellent, and uh, I mean, he's also incredibly talented in singing. Like, he has a fantastic voice. So, uh, I'm sure he'll either if he doesn't have like a lead on an uh, on a show, I'm sure he he could happily do a good character actor bit. Um, yeah, no, I, I, he's definitely someone I like to follow. So, good for him. You go, Titus. Uh, but meanwhile, back on Queen of Jordan. Uh, Angie is starting to connect the dots as wise Liz Lemon is hanging around and working so hard with her on this uh, launch party. Webster, we need to talk. Your check didn't clear. Excuse me, is that my computer? No, I was just, um, no, pinwheel, not now. Are you on my email? Are you emailing my husband? I can explain. I'm asleep right now, and I think that that's my computer. Huh? What? Where am I? Tracy, as your wife, I'm ordering you to come home. I know this looks bad. The kids need you, and I want to give you all the sex things you like. You don't have to read anymore. For instance, doing it across the bed instead of up and down. I saw that in a movie. Come home now. Show enough, Angie. Show enough? It's a first draft. Are you trying to trick Tracy into coming home? Were you trying to trick me with my wedding video? Listen, you're not in charge. I am. Mind your own business. Yeah, well, Tracy is my... Ow! There's more where this came from. I'm contractually obligated to pull out some bitch's weave eight more times this season. It's not a weave. It's her way till payday. It's her way till... That's the second time Angie's pulled her weave out, I believe. I feel like she did it when she was initially pitching the show. Um, so we'll, have, we'll have to, to keep an eye out on the weave pools and see how many come through. <laughs> I also like how Liz's prudishness really comes through when her idea of different wild different sex things is doing it across the bed yeah. instead of straight up and down. <laughs> she can't, she, even when she's trying to put on acting as Angie, she, she, her, her, yeah. her real self shines through. Yeah, that, that to, to her, that's wild sex. Yeah. Is horizontal sex across the bed. Yikes. Show <laughs> enough. Show enough. <laughs> that should be everyone's signature <laughs> in an email. Show enough. Yikes. <laughs> Jeez, that's so 90s. Like, it's not even modern by any stretch. Well, it would not surprise me that Liz's 
impression of how black people <laughs> act is is also dated as opposed to just casually racist. <laughs> she thinks that that's how they say goodbye. Show no. Uh, I saw poetic justice once. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, back uh, in Queen of Jordan, Randy, Randy, and Miss Ankman and Frank's storyline uh, wraps up um, at uh, on- Miss Ankman's um, workplace. After my second husband shot me the second time, I realized that love is the most important thing in the world. I just hope Frank does the right thing. Dude! Oh, Frank! How did you know where I worked? It's one of the benefits of being in love with a registered sex offender. Frank, about what happened at Randy's uh, stripper-sized studio... No, you were right. I have been afraid to grow up. Well, well, what are you doing? I'm throwing out my kid's stuff. I want to become the man you waited for. The man you helped cheat on the presidential physical fitness test? Well, if you didn't get better at the shuttle run, they were going to put you in the hospital. Oh, no, that's your favorite. You can't. Skeletor's not my favorite. You are. Are you throwing toys in the fryer? You're fired, Ankman. Now, give me a waiver to sign. The world has to be educated about blurry face syndrome. Ah, so good. (laughs) That's so funny. Like never see that joke coming. Yeah, it's such it's so smart. Ah, oh. but I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not. Def- I'm not in any way trying to defend a sexual predator, but she wasn't doing anything wrong. Like I don't think she necessarily should have gotten fired for that. But anyway, she well, she. I mean, I don't know if at your job you had a guest who like mess things up i mean you would be oh, i'm sure it's not, it's, yeah it. it's definitely not good for the fryer or anything yeah. um so yeah i guess someone should be held accountable but um the only problem with that storyline is it doesn't go anywhere like that's it like it doesn't continue we never hear about this character again uh that's why i feel like it's kind of such a wasted opportunity mm-hmm. like it could have been something that ran through the end of the season or something i don't know it was just like yep that it wraps up and that's it like and frank doesn't even has his toy Frank doesn't even have his toys anymore because nope. he threw them in the fryer. They're all gone. Uh, I mean, we see them in the final scene, like, dancing together, but then after this episode, that's it. Like, we never hear of these again. So it's just kind of, like, such a missed opportunity. And f- I can't imagine it's helping Frank. It's probably only hurting him more. So it's it's just such a... It's something they I think they could have cut from the episode or done in a different episode yeah. and had a better resolution for it. Didn't Mary Kay Letourneau, didn't she, she like, went have back. a relationship with... Like, when she got out of jail, didn't, like, she get in... Like, she had a relationship with a student that... Yeah, she, well, she went back to the same person. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, do, you, do you know how that... Because um, I, mean, I assume that this is that's this is what this is all supposed to reference. Like right, I think what happened. I think they had a kid or two, and then I think they ended up getting divorced. Hmm. What's his name? F- Villare, uh, Villaterno, like or But I think they ended up getting together after she got out, and they lasted a few years, and then they ended up Vili getting divorced. Fulau. Yeah. Uh, oh, she died in July this year. Yeah. I oh. totally missed that. Uh, yep. I mean, well, more important di- more important people died this year than yeah. ever. But yeah. Oh, again, it says marriage two thousand five to two thousand nineteen. So they must have gotten right. So they must have gotten divorced oh. last year, and then uh, I don't know. Did it say her cause of death? Yeah. Some. Hopefully, it's not something sad like suicide. I mean, let's see. 
Yeah, they married in 2005 after she served a seven-year prison term. Uh, they split up in 2019. Mm. Cancer. Oh, that's a bummer. I mean, she was a sexual predator, so I don't feel too bad for her. Yeah. But I guess she served her time. So. I mean, that's such a complicated thing where right. obviously it's completely inappropriate for a 12-year-old or whatever, a 13-year-old to be dating a teacher, but it's like to get... I don't know, to get married to someone when they got out of prison years later and you are an adult and then have a relationship for, you know, 15 years or however long mm-hmm. it was. I mean, that's like, I don't know, that's just, a, that's a, a lot of tangles and just, yeah. I, I can't, I mean. Yeah, I mean, a lot of mental <laughs> gymnastics, I yeah. imagine, a lot of, that would be an interesting conversation to have with the both of those people to see, like. Yeah. To be honest, I'm like almost shocked there hasn't been a Ryan Murphy limited series about <laughs> their relationship after she gets out of jail. Like right. that seems like that would be like a extremely Ryan Murphy like. Well, plot maybe line if to that, he gets to. I mean, that's the next American Crime story. They sell the rights and then. Yeah. That's. Probably I mean, but seriously is. though, like just I mean that's that's such a single thing because like you say you're right a 13 year old can't obviously has no ability to consent to anything like that but it's like when you're an adult you do but it's like. Does that make it okay? Because just because they're an adult making consent now, like you know, right. if they hadn't been groomed or whatever you want to call it when they were a child, yeah. it's like, wait, that's just like I don't know. Or the, it's like, I mean, or like just, the, the sort of storyline here with Frank is like he was never able to fully grow up yeah. mentally. So like, is that why they were together in the end? Because that was the only person he knew and he loved, and he waited yeah. that long for her. And I mean, they seemingly had a, a happy life for the most part. So yeah psychologically it would be an interesting thing to look into yeah but. i mean i guess you wouldn't want to write in murphy series it'd be more sensational than thoughtful i mean not necessarily he's had had some good yeah shows. but i mean specifically, actually specifically is... the crime story ones oj and and yeah. uh versace have actually you know been... but i mean his stick is still like shock yeah. value kind of stuff so yeah it definitely it just seems on brand for him to do yeah maybe that's all they just need the rights and they can do it or mm-hmm. someone someone will do it i guess Oof, man, we've cut so much just because it's such a busy episode. So we've mentioned that Jenna had an intervention, um, and she, in order to keep her footage in the show, she had to commit to getting hauled away to the, uh, they had a name for it, but basically a treatment center. A rehab, yeah. A rehab. Um, but as we soon learned, she's still on the premises. Jenna, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be on a plane. I explained to Charles that I was just pretending to be an alcoholic to get on camera. And we laughed. And he said I can drink as much as I want. So cheers to good friends. You're insane. In the lobby, she pulled a wrench out of her purse, hit me over the head. I will never go to Minnesota. My single is dropping is not just about a single dropping. It's about a woman learning to fly. A woman who doesn't need a man or anybody except Josh at Sydney Bernstein Management, Sydney at Josh Bernstein Accounting. Shut up, Angie. Just shut up. I'm sick of your selfishness. People's jobs are at stake. I'm selfish. You are a joke. And everybody thinks so. Let me talk. I am talking. Will you let me talk? Can I talk for once? You need to call Tracy right now because I know that he is your man, but he is my man too. And TGS is my family. And my family is thick as thieves. Now, who here wants to teach me how to fight? So that's the most explicit direct Real Housewives reference because that's referencing 
Teresa Judice of Real Housewives of New Jersey with the Thigga's Thieves line. And then there's oh. an, it, like the one, probably the most infamous scene in Real Housewives history is her flipping the table at a, like a big dinner or whatever and being extremely dramatic. So that's like the, the, the most on the nose reference to Real I, Housewives. Okay. I mean, I have no reason to not believe yeah. that happened. Well, because it's like the, the th- family thick as thieves because like they're Italian or whatever. Uh, so there's the whole like family whatever stereotypes. But like that's like I guess her line, you know, family thick as thieves, thieves. And then yeah, and then just I don't know. Like her flipping the table is probably like the. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not a Real Housewives scholar, but that's <laughs> probably the most iconic moment in the entire franchise. Hmm. So all right, uh, I like the Liz line of "Let me talk, will you? Let me talk. Let me talk. Let me stop talking. Let me talk." Because like, it just it sounds like. She's expecting, like, she's already have it planned out. She's expected to talk over Angie, but Angie's not talking back. She's just, like, getting it all out of her system. Yeah. Like, she has a pre-planned dialogue she's going to have, and but no one's, going like, going back in on what she's saying. So it's, yeah, like, a completely one-sided conversation. I wonder if that's, like, her before she goes to the table, if that's what she says. Like, I'm tempted. So, oh, like, so basically this is, like, yeah. a full-on I bet, Yeah, I'm not sure exactly... Prostitution, prostitution whore. whore. I mean, yikes. There's something about I think that makes those things feel more intense when they're bleeped, as opposed to when they're uncensored. Because yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like it just feel. I mean, I guess once you hear "fuck" so many times, you just become so meh to it. Like it's, it doesn't have the same expletive as it does. Yeah. Because like when we're watching Drag Race, like some of the seasons were uncensored and some of them weren't, and so like when a swear happens in RuPaul, it feels like it's there's a bit more weight to it. But when you hear it uncensored, it's just like, oh, that's, I mean, that's how I talk. I say yeah. fuck all the time. So it's, I don't know. I feel like if that scene is played uncensored, it's just like, it's just a lady screaming. But yeah. when it's interspersed with beep, 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 it sounds like, oh, she's saying something you're not supposed to be hearing. But she's actually just saying fucking shit, things you're not supposed <laughs> to say on TV. That's it. So. Yeah, my, my guess is the I am talking thing must be it must be a reference to something some character has said in there, but I, it, it, yeah. it's, it's just like the way she it's says it. It's probably a very hard thing to actually pinpoint the source of. Yeah, cause... well, like the way the way that Tina Fey like delivers it, it sounds like she's like doing an impression of someone. Yeah. So I guess not from that scene directly, but I'm guessing it has to be like probably some, maybe yeah. one of the reunion. Shows. Yeah, because I, I know the thickest thieves thing is a quote for sure, and that wasn't in there. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Attention everyone, I found a glove in the elevator. If anyone is missing a glove, I may have found your glove. Angie, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. No, it's not you, Liz Lemon. It's them. I miss my weird love, but he won't come back. What? I've been trying to get Tracy to come back ever since he left, but he won't. So I sit and act like this is what I want. But what I really want is for everything to go back to the way it used to be. I just want to wake up in the morning and look over at my husband asleep on our neighbor's roof. But if you can't get him to come back, who can? What if he never comes back? What is going to happen to all of us? Wait, you know what? This is my glove. If anyone sees another glove, I've lost one of my gloves. Thank you. Queen of Jordan. And what was Kenneth introduced as? Old Page? Yeah. I, Elder, or Elderly Page? Elder, elderly Page, yeah. yeah. Um, bless his heart. Bless his old heart. <laughs> Still beating, though. Um, yeah, no. Uh, 
we we cut a lot out of there just for the sake of time. Uh, it's such a packed episode. There's so much going on there. Like we, let's see. So Jack's storyline wraps up with um, him and Dufan. You know, Dufan, Dufan asks him to dance, uh, and then he sees how bad of a dancer that Jack is, um, and immediately just now he's straight. There's no way a gay person would dance that poorly, um, which is a stereotype. But uh, have they I mean, seen Pheromone? That's yeah. Oof. Yeah, they're, we're we're not all great dancers. Some of us just don't have rhythm. Um, yikes. But yeah, so his story wraps up, and then there's uh, over the credit scene. Um, they sort of you know on the next Queen of Jordan, they do a setup for the next episode, uh, and they sort of continue the storylines here. Uh, uh, let's see. Jack uh, <laughs> challenges Dufan to a dance-off. Uh, Jenna is hiding in the um, the vent system, hiding from Charles. So I guess is still trying to get her to go to rehab. Uh, just small things like that. It's it's fun. Um, but you know, this episode's super solid. Like, there's so much in this episode that we didn't even get to talk about. Um, that I think is the reason I see it as one of my all-time favorites. Just oh, well, was like, there anything else you wanted to? <sighs> No, I mean, I think we, we hit most of the beats. Um, it really was just most of uh, Jenna's storyline we had, we had to sort of cut and Jack's storylines we sort of had to cut, but we, we wrapped them up for the most part. I think just, again, the, the sort of breath of fresh air this episode brought with it being a non-traditional 30 Rock episode uh, sort of helped puts it on another level. Um, and, and I think an already super strong season of 30 Rock and, and continuing the string of episodes we've had that have just been super solid yeah it's always interesting when like a tv episode or tv show does an episode that's like full of the episode or something else like there was another one in glow glow was it the first season or the second season it was like one episode of no, was, was like the actual show. was the actual well yeah like the, a produced show inside of the yeah. world with the same actors that but it, it was really as one like standalone 30 minute like this is the this yeah. is an episode of that show yeah from the show and there are definitely other examples. That's the only one that comes to mind right now. Uh, community was was really heavy on doing like super meta episodes and things like that. Of did they ever do like a actual like it wasn't community? It was this other show for the week. It is very possible that they did. I mean, they they did the reality show parodies. They did a flashback episode parody. Uh, they did, you know, the musical parodies of like Glee and things like that. They did the uh, Christmas, spe- like claymation Christmas specials and things like that. That show definitely has a lot of stuff that uh, was making making fun or, or parodying a lot of um, sort of tropes of TV at the time and since then. Um, but I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm a little rusty on my community, things like that. I know there's so many that I've probably seen that I just cannot. Well, I, there was, uh, I'm referencing again, but South Park did something like this where uh, after their first season, they did a cliffhanger that was going to determine who the character of Cartman's father was. And the way the show was split up when its first season ended, they were going to premiere the second season um, a few months later. And the premiere date actually happened to fall on April Fool's Day. So they, in, in the world of South Park, the two Canadian actors, like are the kid's favorite, are called Terrence and Philip. So they did an entire show mm-hmm. about those two characters that 
like they even set it up there was a big build of all right on tonight on south park after a season one cliffhanger you're gonna find out who Cartman's father is and then they do a like a really bad like fuck you yeah but that's how canadians look at south park um and they're like instead we're gonna show you the towns and phillips special and like they devote an entire episode of south park to these two mm. characters inside of South Park's world, and they don't even reference the, like they don't even give you the answer that you're wanting from the season one cliffhanger. And in the very next episode, they did. And they even like make a joke about it. Um, they're like, "You guys see that Tant and Philip special last week? It was so funny." And like the Cartman character is so mad; he's been waiting so long. He's like, "Let's get the fuck on with it already." So I guess that's another option. I'm sure I, I but I feel like it's something that's only been done recently. Like, yeah. it wouldn't be something that was done in the 80s and the Yeah, 90s. I think most of the more modern yeah. thing. Um, what you got? I thought of one. Blackish did an episode okay. as Good Times. Like, okay. Or it was, it was, I think it was two, actually. It was Good Times and one other one. It was like, it was, and it was, I, it was like, I think half the episode was dedicated to one and half the other. I can't remember. But like, it was basically shot where all the characters in Blackish were playing the classic characters from okay. those shows. So, yeah. Sorry, what were you saying before? I no, I was gonna say, well, it's it's not the same, but sort of the way the office's last season went, they were sort of because the whole thing was shot as a mockumentary. Obviously, you're building to have some sort of documentary, so they sort of turned the cameras on themselves and were like making it aware that like the documentary is finally wrapping up and that they were gonna be like I think it's been so long because I I don't watch the final seasons of the office because I think they're bad. But I think, like, the last few episodes is them, the show has, the documentary has finally aired, so it's them reflecting on what had happened in those eight years that were, lead, that, you know, all the progress and everything. But I don't know if that's the same thing, because they don't, sh- the full, well, no, I'm sorry, there is, there is an episode in The Office, um, there's a long-running bit that Michael was making a James Bond-type movie. Uh, that he'd been writing for years so they actually make it and I think most if not all mm. of the episode is just them that ep- like mm. them watching the movie yeah. or, or the showing the movie so I guess that kind of counts I would say world. so yeah. yeah I just thought of another one okay. there's an episode of Veep in it's fifth or sixth season where basically <laughs> Selena Meyer's daughter uh, like I, I, I don't know she studies film she wants to become a filmmaker anyway there's one standalone episode that is like her daughter made a documentary about her mother as vice president or whatever the article was that season. And, like, the episode was literally just, like, that documentary oh, okay. was the episode. So Yeah, I feel like the, all of the ones that I'm thinking of are that style where they were, like, a mockumentary style. But I can't place any right now outside of the office. But I know there's more. But anyway, uh, final thoughts on Queen of Jordan. We say out here. What a wonderful episode. Uh, no, this, I think, is a... I think it's kind of a... Uh, kind of a lauded episode. Uh, a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't like it. And I think it's because of that, you know, sort of shifting from the the norm that a lot of fans expected from Thirty Rock. But again, I'm happy when you go outside your comfort zone. If they had done this for more than one episode in a row, it probably would have lost a lot of the spectacle. But the yeah. fact that it was like a one-off, and they'll they'll do it again in season six, I believe. Um, they do, or maybe it's season seven, but I think it's season six. Um, they do return to this premise again, but enough time would have passed between episodes that it's like, okay, this is, I like this again. Um, but yeah, if they had done it too much too often, it, yeah, it would have lost some of its spark. But 
Hooray. Hooray. So as always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. If you like what we're doing, rating and reviewing and all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you in next week's episode, episode 98, season 5, episode 18, entitled Plan B, when the TGS writers and staff start discovering what their backup plan will be. It looks like Tracy really is not coming back anytime soon, and the show has started to hit its struggling period. And also, you know who finally comes back? Danny. No, well, maybe. But Devin, Devin's back in. Devin Banks. Devin Banks is back uh, in because Jack goes to him for assistance. All right, David, take us out. Ham. Ham. Next week on Queen of Jordan. I challenge you to a dance contest. Woo! You'll never get me, Charles. Why are you mad at me? Because of what you said. I never said it. That was the chair because I only pass gas once a year for an hour atop a mountain in Switzerland. Oh, God. Oh, brother. Devon told me she's the new spokeswoman for the ham council. People do like the way she says ham. Ham!